math here. Okay, so question for you guys. Who has done a gift exchange this year? Has anyone done a regular gift exchange with really good gifts? Yes? No? One person? Two people. Three people. Okay, who's done a white elephant gift? Okay, great. I love that because I brought some things because I have actually done both this year so far already. I've done three gift exchanges, one, two were regular gift exchanges, and one was a white elephant one. So here's the deal. With my high school life group, because I lead a group of ninth graders, um, we did a regular gift exchange, and I love regular gift exchanges because there's always the really good gifts, right? They're not like the random, like, what am I going to use this for gifts, which you get in white elephant. So I actually got a Starbucks gift card this year, which is pretty dang cool, you know, because who wants, who doesn't want a free Frappuccino? It's a big deal. Um, super good gift, right? Awesome. So in my white elephant gift exchange, I got this little guy. Poop emoji pillow. Yeah. How cool is that? What up? I was, at first I was like, really? Who wants to get this? Is all I got is a pillow with poop on it and it's smiling at me. That's so dumb. But then I was really excited because you could make an awesome, awesome jokes about it. Like, oh, you know, stuff like that. So anyway, it's all good. Um, this was my lovely, lovely gift. And so we are finishing our series in The Gift Exchange, which is pretty dang cool um, because we're talking about a gift that God had given us, which is the gift of a baby, right? Um, so we celebrate the baby Jesus on Christmas, don't we? Um, and so we're going to be diving a little bit more into that story. We talked last week about how there was a girl named Mary and a guy named Joseph, and she they got pregnant by God, and essentially, here we are in the rest of the story in Luke chapter 2. So what I need you guys to do is I need you to go grab a Bible um, off the carts, grab a notepaper, grab a pen. Um, if you did not bring your Bible you should grab one because this is really important stuff. This is really exciting. And you're going to turn to Luke chapter 2. We're going to be looking at, um, so I want you to write this down, Luke chapter 2, 1 through 20, when you get your note cards. Because we're not going to go over the whole thing. We're going to go a little bit of it. I brought my own Bible to church. This is the one that I'm reading right now. It's pretty great. So if you have your own Bible, please bring it to church um, because this is what we do. We read this thing, and it's the best book ever. So cool. So write down Luke 2, verses 1 through 20 on your paper. We're going to summarize a little bit of it. But if you have a Bible, it is chapter, I mean, sorry, page 1009. That's the page you're going to turn to, 1009 in the Red Bibles. Okay, um, so essentially what's happening is Mary is extremely pregnant. Like she's like this big, okay? It's kind of like she's going to pop any day. And what are we going to do with this girl? So she's going to pop any day. And they get the news that they have to travel from where they're at in a town called Nazareth, which is in Israel over on this side of Israel. And they have to go all the way over to this side of Israel to a town called Bethlehem, which is near Jerusalem. So essentially, that is a three-day journey, a three-day journey. So they get the news that they have to go for a census, which a census is what? Does anybody know? What? Counting people. Exactly. Yeah. So a census is where 
where they count people in the towns to figure out how many people live in each town. So since Joseph, the guy that Mary's engaged to, is from the town of Bethlehem, they have to go all the way there from where they're living right now so that they could be counted. Okay? So big deal. Super, super preggers. They get on a donkey because they don't got any cars back then, and they travel to Bethlehem. It's a three-day journey on foot. So big preggers lady is going all the way to Bethlehem. Okay, when they get there, you want to know what happens? What? Anybody know what happens? Her water breaks, which means that the baby's coming really, really fast. So they have to figure out what the heck are we going to do? We don't have a place to stay. There's no hospital. There's no this. There's no that. And so essentially they find this barn, which is the last place that they, the baby's coming no matter what. They can't go anywhere else. So they just decide, you know what, we're just going to have the baby here. There's in the barn. There's animals. There's a bunch of poop. It's just gross. Okay. So they deliver this baby, and they wrap him in the cloth that they had because that's all they had, and they stuck him in the manger, which is actually a feeding trough where the animals actually ate from, which is pretty disgusting. So that's happening. All the while on the other side of the hill, there's these shepherds, and this angel shows up to them. So the angel showed up last week. The angel shows up again this week to the shepherds, which is insane. So they're on the other side of the hill, and I want to give you a picture about what that looks like because I was in Israel three years ago. And this is the actual hill that the shepherds were on. So I'm going to show you the picture. There's me. I'm on one hill. So the shepherds are on the other hill and the hill in the distance. And then Jesus was born on the other side of that hill, which is pretty crazy. So pretty dang cool. So the angel shows up for the shepherd on this side of the hill, and they're terrified. They're pooping their pants because it's gross. It's like, oh my gosh, shepherd. Ah, okay. So basically, shepherd, the angel shows up for the shepherd, and the angel says this. He says, do not be afraid. I need the slide. Do not be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all the people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you'll recognize him by this sign. You'll find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. So the angel tells the shepherds this on the other side of the hill that didn't see what was happening on the other side. And so not only that, but then more angels come after this angel gives the news, and they're like praising God, and there's like angels flying around. The shepherds are like, what the heck? This does not happen every day. What are we going to do? So we get to the shepherd's response. So I need you guys to look at verse 15 in your Bibles. Verse 15, we're going to read 15 through 20. This is the shepherd's response. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherds' story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. So how cool is that? You guys are like, wait, what did we just read? So I'm going to summarize that for you. Here's a slide on the screen. So this is what happened. The angels show up for the shepherds. The shepherds were like, what? Like, this is what we've been told. 
It's just over in the mountain. We better go see it. So they actually went to find out if what the angels told them was true. And what they had done is when they saw it is they realized that it was. And so once they realized that it was true is they were moved to action. It's the story says that they told everybody about their story. So everyone was, that was at the manger scene, they told their story. They said, we're here because this angel showed up for us. And this is what they told us. And this is what we've seen. And they got to see exactly what the angel said, that there was a baby lying in strips of cloth, lying in a manger, exactly what they had said. And so that the shepherds did from there, because they saw that, is they went back to their flocks differently. So shepherds take care of sheep. You guys know that? That's their everyday thing. They clean up the sheep's poop. They, you know, do their chores. They've got their families. They've got their huts that they live in and whatnot. And so, but they came back differently. They came back with joy. Their same lives, their same circumstances, but nothing was mundane anymore. They came back different. They came back with this joy. So why did they come back joyful, right? All they saw was a baby. Have you guys ever seen a baby? I mean, you're kind of like happy in the moment because you're like, oh, that's so cute. And so the regular person in you is probably like, why would they be so stoked about seeing this baby? Like, what? And the regular person in me would say, you know what, you're totally right. But what they did that night was that they were joyful because they chose to see God amidst their circumstances, which is the next slide. It says they were joyful because they chose to see God that night despite what was going on in their lives. So they had probably a bunch of crap back home. Their lives weren't perfect, but they went to see what God did, and they saw it. And so they chose to see God and bring that joy back with them to their regular lives, which is huge. And so basically the question remains this morning is why was that baby a gift? Because... If you were Jewish in that time, you were expecting a Messiah to come because the Old Testament scriptures had told you. So if in the Bible, there's two, two testaments. There's a New Testament, which is this book right here in the back of your Bible. And then there's an Old Testament, which is this whole thing right here. And it's full of prophecies and things that had happened about God since the beginning of time. And so what had happened, there was, there was prophets that came and they said, hey, there's a Messiah that's coming. And so they knew that there's a Messiah that's going to come. But they thought he was going to come like a warrior king. Like he was going to just come through the clouds with a sword and he's going to be like, you know what, peace for all nations. And they were going to kill everything that wasn't peaceful and fix their circumstances instantly. But God didn't show up that way. He came as a baby. And the baby didn't change the shepherds or anyone else around them's circumstances. He didn't change their lives. And what they didn't know then that we know now is that not, that's not the end of the story. We know the rest of the story because 30 years, 33 years later after that baby was born, Jesus died on the cross. He was sent um, and he died and he made a sacrifice for you and me where we could have that joy that God wants us to experience at Christmas, which is a big deal. And so what makes Christmas so great today is that we know that. We know the rest of the story. That God's plan wasn't what we thought it could be, but God knew that we needed Jesus. God had a greater plan. And so, like I said in the Old Testament, there were scriptures that were written about the coming Messiah. Um, and in Isaiah chapter 53, years before this baby was even born, this was written about Jesus. It says this, He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. 
We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. Yet it was our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles and we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. So basically, when he went on the cross, everyone thought he was on the cross for his own sins, for the stuff that he did wrong. But he didn't do anything wrong. He was actually up there for ours. It says, but he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us like sheep have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. And so what happened was Jesus didn't come in and instantly fix our circumstances. But he offers joy in the midst of them. He does offer joy in the midst of them. So whatever is going on in your life that's crappy, or maybe it's even good, and you're like, man, everything's good, but I keep getting stuff, and I'm not even, I'm not happy, despite the next thing that I get. Or maybe you're in the midst of a really hard time right now, and you're like, this really sucks, and it's really hard. And Jesus isn't coming in and fixing my circumstances like I'm asking him to. But that's not what he does. He offers joy in the midst of them. And so instead of letting the things in our lives control the way that we feel, we have the choice to enter into the story God is writing through our circumstances. And when we do that, there's freedom. And there's ultimately joy amidst pain. Um, John chapter 14, verse 6 says this. This is when Jesus was living. He said this to the disciples and everyone that would listen to him. He said, Jesus told them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Big statement, bold statement. So essentially, Jesus is saying, hey, you can't get to God without me. Um, maybe there's some of you in this room today that you're like, man, I've never said yes to Jesus. Maybe that's you today where you're like, man, I, wanna, I want that. I want that joy that he offers me. I want to say yes to God because I want to experience joy amidst my circumstances and the things that are tough and in the things that are going well. And maybe you're here in this room today and, and you've said yes to Jesus, but you haven't chosen that. You haven't chosen the fact that there is joy. And so kind of with God, it's almost like we can do a gift exchange with God because we've got great stuff going on in our lives like the Starbucks card can symbolize. It just says, hey, you know what? I love money. Money is great. I have a lot of it. I can get whatever I want. I know my parents are going to get me that biggest, greatest, bestest Christmas gift for Christmas, and that's what I'm banking on this season. But what if you don't get it? Then what? What if that boy doesn't like you at school or that girl doesn't like you at school? Then who are you going to run to? What if that friend that's popular isn't the one that's going to be your friend that you're banking on for your happiness? What if that's not the case? What if there's stuff in your life that's like, man, I don't know what Christmas is going to be like this season. I've got a lot of crap. Like, there is stuff going on at home. My parents aren't getting along and it's, they think it's my fault, and that's how I feel. Maybe you feel like you don't measure up, or that there's anxiety, or there's grade stuff that's going on at school, or there's, you know, friend stuff. You've got friend problems going on. You're like, man, how do I experience joy in the midst of that? And so essentially what God does, he does offer joy. And so this is the gift that God, gives, that God offers us is joy. And so I need somebody to come up. You want to come up here real quick? Yeah, you. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just hold this. You're going to be God for a second, okay? Just hold it like this so everyone can see. 
Cool. So I'm me, you're God. Okay? So that's your gift that you're bringing to the gift exchange. And I need you. Want to come up here? You can hold the crap. Okay? So <laughs> that's pretty good. Okay. So essentially what happens is we have the chance to exchange the things that are good in our lives or the crap in our lives for what God gives to us. But a lot of times in our lives, we want to grab onto all of it, don't we? We just want to be like, I want this, I, want, I don't want that, but I just want all of this. I'm going to take both of them. But we can't do that with God because God's got to come in in a certain way. And so you don't leave a gift exchange with multiple gifts. You leave with one, and it's one that you didn't bring. So the question this morning is, what do you need to give to God? Is it this stuff? Is it the stuff that you're looking toward and you're going to just give it to God in exchange for joy? And hoping and trusting that, you know what, maybe he might bless me with that, but if he doesn't, it's okay. Because I've got this in the midst of my circumstances, and this is fulfilling. Or is it that you need to exchange your crap for God's joy? You can exchange gifts. There you go. Perfect. Or is it that? Because God will take any of it. You just got to be honest. Um, Thank you, guys. You can just put those on the stage. Um, What are you holding on to this Christmas? What do you need to exchange with God to experience the joy of Christmas this year? Uh, Trusting God isn't easy with our circumstances, but that's what faith is for. And so a lot of times when we hand over those things to God, we're saying, you know what, God, I'm just going to trust that you're going to show up regardless. And so as we respond today, the question this morning that I want you guys to think about is what do you need to exchange with God to experience the joy of Christmas? Can I get the slide up on the screen? What do you need to exchange with God to experience the joy of Christmas this year? Because what happens is we we exchange things for joy every single day, don't we? Um, and every single day we have the choice to wake up in the morning and be like, you know what, is it God that I'm going to look to this morning and trust, or is it the stuff that I want? And so we have a choice every single day to choose joy. And so my personal story I wanted to share with you guys this morning is something that's going on in my life that's really hard, is uh, about a year ago, a year and a half ago, I, um, I started going to the doctor, okay, and um, they, 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 mentioned that I should probably think about taking um, an antidepressant medication. And um, I just never thought that, like, oh, I was depressed. Then come to find out about eight months later, um, my dad told me that anxiety and depression runs in our family. And I was like, great, that makes so much sense because I've been struggling with this for my entire life. I just thought it was, like, this tension or something where I was like, I'd be like, I don't know, I just feel tense right now or I just feel stressed. And I realized that it wasn't that, it was anxiety. And so I'm going around trying to manage my life through anxiety. And so I actually have been on medication for the last six months. Um, And it was helping me get through some other things that I was dealing with, um, which is a good thing. But now I've decided to come off of them. And I'm really nervous because it makes me scared because I don't know what it's going to be like without them. I know what it was like before but I also don't know how I'm going to deal with it. And so I get nervous. And so it's almost like I need to exchange my crap, the stuff that's going on in my life, and the fear that I'm holding on to for the joy that God might bring. Um, And I've been praying a lot about it. And God has just been telling me, like, you know what? You need to take care of yourself. 
You gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta eat better, and you gotta, you gotta work out, and you gotta figure it out because that'll help you with the stuff that you're going through without being on medication that actually causes other side effects. And so I was like, okay, I'm gonna do it. Um, and so I need to exchange that for joy this Christmas, and that's really hard for me. And so, what is the thing that you need to exchange for God's joy? So the band's going to come up right now. Um, you're going to be getting a index card. Everyone's going to be getting an index card. And so I just want you to think about during the first song what that thing might be. Is it something that's good or is it something that's terrible? Um, and then write it down. And what the leaders are going to do after they're done passing out the index cards, they're going to come up here and they're going to be lighting the candles on the stage, which is actually a symbol of joy. And so... I want you to kind of watch as the candles light and the, and the worship is going and be thinking about what God might want to say to you, okay? Let me pray for you, and then we'll do that. Uh, God, thank you so much for everything that you're doing. Uh, Lord, thank you for every single student in this room. Um, I just ask, God, that you would speak to their hearts right now. Uh, God, that you would just put on their hearts what they need to write this morning. Um, God, thank you so much for your goodness and your grace and your sacrifice. Um, Thank you, God, that you want to take the stuff that we carry to give us more. Um, and sometimes joy might not seem like a big deal, God, but it is when we walk through our stuff. God, that we can get through things because we have you. Um, so, Lord, I just pray, God, that you would just be with us this morning as we worship. May we pray. Amen. All right, guys, we're going to um, sing this song. And like Kristen said, you guys have the note cards. So just go ahead and take this time to write on your note cards um, what it is that you need to give to God in order to receive his joy. Um, and then when you're done doing that, you can go ahead and stand and respond in worship with us. It's falling from the clouds, a strange and lovely sound. I hear it in the thunder and the rain. It's raining in the skies like cannons in the night. The music of the universe plays. We're singing to Oh, Lord. 
songs left and so what we're going to do now is I want you to take that index card that you wrote something on um, and essentially what we're going to do as a response this morning is to you're going to get a tack and there's a wall it's, it's, it's wood which is great and so what the wood is is it's supposed to symbolize the, um, the cross that Jesus died on because it's wooden um, and this is basically what we're going to give for God. This is what he died for. So you don't have to feel the weight of this, that you can actually experience joy. You can actually experience peace, and you can actually feel freedom from the weight of this. And so even though it might be present in your life, that you don't have to be defined by it. And so this is just what it's saying. When you get attacked, um, there's going to be two leaders on the sides of these things. You guys can make a line that kind of goes down this way um, so it's not super crowded. Um, but essentially what you're going to do is you're going to take the tack and you're going to push it through your paper. And the wood's going to be hard, which is kind of the thing. And so you might have to squeeze in the tack a little bit onto the wood to put your paper there. But that's just a symbol of saying, hey, God, I'm giving this to you. And I don't want to carry it anymore. And he will carry it for you. You can put it right side up or you can fold it. It doesn't really matter. Um, just as long as you stick it up there with the tack. And in exchange, if you want to, there are candles. And they do experience joy. And so what I'd like for you to do if you want to is there's candles up on the stage. If you would like to take one and bring it back to your seat, just as a reminder that this is what you exchanged it for is the joy of God then I encourage you to do that as we sing these next two songs.
Okay, so this last song is called Forever, and it's just, there's a lot in it, and it's like says, when I forget how to love you, you don't forget how to love me, and I think that's just really great because, you know, during the service, you know, we think, you know, God may not want to take away the stuff I have, or he might not be able to, because it's like just too hard, but he doesn't forget, and he will like always help us out, 